The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. John. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to the crowd, No one can come to me unless he is drawn by the Father who sent me, and I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, They will all be taught by God, and to hear the teaching of the Father and learn from it is to come to me. Not that anybody has seen the Father, except the one who comes from God. He has seen the Father. I tell you most solemnly, everybody who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the desert and they are dead. But this is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that a man may eat it and not die. I am the living bread which has come down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh for the life of the world. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Over the last few days, we've been hearing from chapter 6 of John's Gospel. And this is like a pretty dense, long dialogue that Jesus has with his followers. And lots of people that are just kind of tagging along and listening. On the bread of life, they call it the bread of life discourse where he's making some huge claims about the body. He's making references to stuff that ancient Israel would have known, like the manna from the manna in the desert. Um, He's referring to the prophets. All of this stuff is like he's assuming that they know some of the story and he's trying to connect dots for them. Now that disadvantages us if we don't know that same story because we're hearing something and he's assuming we know some of the extra details, right? So let's just fill in a few little gaps that we might have. Firstly, Isaiah. Who's he? Why does he play any part in this? Keep in mind, the Bible that we have, well, we have a lectionary here, but the Bible, it didn't float down from heaven leather bound. You know, it it took time to come together. We have this corpus called the Hebrew Scriptures. Um, You know, Genesis, Leviticus, the the minor prophets, the major prophets, all that stuff, right? Um, And the Jews had that. And they had it compiled actually in different ways because there were different schools, just like there are different schools of Christianity, there were different schools of Judaism. There were like big ones and then there were little fringe ones. Um, But they had their text that came together organically over time and they believed that God was guiding that process. So they placed a high premium on the coherence of that text, the fact that it actually made sense together, even though it was written like centuries apart. Um, They have that. And the Christians grew out of a Jewish community. So they had that as well. Now we have here the Acts of the Apostles, which is the record of those who were closest to Jesus trying to take the message out into the world and their explorations and their little encounters and stuff. And today we have this encounter with this random Ethiopian eunuch who's like the queen's chariot driver. You know, who, who is he? Who cares? He's just some random guy somewhere in the world. And what has he got with him? The prophet Isaiah, one of the books in the Jewish corpus before this is all compiled, right? And he's saying, what is this that I'm reading? Like, I realize it's important. You guys put a lot of importance on it. What is it? What am I reading here? Who's it even talking about? The book of Isaiah was written some, like 700 years before the Gospels. But scholars call Isaiah the fifth evangelist. You know the four Gospels, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And these were written after Jesus' death. But Isaiah was written some 600, 700 something years before it. 
and the descriptions that he gives are so vivid are so kind of like not probable to get that kind of detail and expectation that they say he's the fifth evangelist it's as if he was walking around with matthew mark luke and john watching the same events that they were 700 years earlier so this eunuch asks philip who's this talking about and it says philip explained or he connected all the dots while they were riding along in their chariot and at the end of the ride he wanted to get baptized um, now at the same time jesus is sort of connecting dots for those following him and he's upsetting a few people frankly because he's telling them <laughs> basically um i'm the bread of life you're going to have to devour me that's a that's a weird and offensive message it's kind of like strange people were leaving people were getting upset um, he would often equate himself with God and they were wanting to stone him frequently because it's like, you can't say that. You know, we believe in God, we love God. You're not God. Don't say those things. But Jesus made these bold claims because he's trying to connect dots in the mind of a pilgrim people. I'll say just one more thing. I'm sorry that I'm given a whole lot of context here, but I wanted, to, I wanted to mean something for you. Israel. Do you know anything about ancient Israel? The fact that they were a slave nation in Egypt. Have you ever seen The Prince of Egypt? Great movie. It's a cartoon. It's a movie for kids, but it's a good movie. Israel uh, is the people that God chose to reveal himself to in a profound way, more than, more than other people. Um, and Israel went through this long trek through the desert. He liberated them from slavery in Egypt, and he took them through the desert. And it says 40 years, you know, whether that's a symbolic number or a real number. It was a long time <laughs> that they were wandering around, probably in circles. Um, and they were starving and they were starving so badly that they said God take us back to slavery because when we were slaves we were fed now we're nearly starving to death right um, and God said no I will feed you and he gave them manna from heaven manna was this little bread right um, wasn't a banquet of any kind it was very humble food but it kept them on the journey it kept them on the road now Jesus is saying here he's saying to them and he's saying to us your ancestors, listen to this. Your fathers ate manna in the desert and they're dead. You know, it sustained them for a little while so that they could go and get to the promised land. But it didn't, it didn't ensure them eternal life. But it prefigured what we're doing now. Do you know what I mean by that? It kind of like was a prequel. What happened to them is now happening for us on our journey through our deserts only this food does lead to everlasting life. It's not just going to get us to the end of the week. It's going to get us to the end of the age. It is the presence of God in our lives, which is a profound, profound statement. Um, there's more that I would love to say, but I think I'll leave it there for now. But um, the, 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 the church dares to call the Eucharist, what we're about to see, the church dares to call that bread, get this, the source and summit of the Christian life. That's like an astronomical thing to say, isn't it? You know, of all the things Christians can occupy themselves with, feeding the poor, building hospitals, uh, opening schools, you know, um, I don't know, signing peace treaties between nations so there's no wars. Of all the things we can do, the source of it and the, and the end point of it is that bread. What is that? What is this bread? Must be something. Must be someone. Must be the presence of God with us who desires to be with you this morning.
and always.